0: Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Michael, and I'm both grateful and excited that you're here with me today. Currently on the show, we're following my journey as a creator, entrepreneur, and future family man. I'll be sharing the ups, the downs, and really everything in between in order to bring encouragement, motivation, and drive to your own daily life. So let's go out together and create the lives we want to live welcome to another episode on the show and the new time change that we're currently just a few days in how do you like this time change let me ask you is it one that's harder for you to adjust to i think for myself usually the first day is the most shocking for just my body and also mind maybe a little bit but then again I do wake up early on like a majority of the days of the week. So being a bit sleepy and possibly sleep deprived for a day or two, is that something new? Is it shocking for myself, for my body? No, (laughs) no, it's not. My advice would be just take an extra nap here and there and then you'll be ready and all set to go. That's what I did. Even when I didn't really need to, I was like, a nap just sounds so nice, right? Doesn't a nap always sound nice? Moreover, though, from here. This is actually one of my favorite time changes that we have, and really times of year, we are heading into spring and out of the colder, darker, and winter months, and I just get so excited for all that's to come. Mostly though, I think I really just like the days being and really feeling so much longer because, you know, I get up so early, and as soon as it becomes dark outside in the evening, my body automatically seems to just shut things down, and my productivity it completely drops once it's dark out and when it gets dark out by 5 p.m it means guys i have hardly any time at all to get things done in like the late afternoon early evening because right at like 3 p.m my body can tell like the sun is getting low 4 p.m oh no we are dying and then five lights out we're done which part of that's your circadian rhythm the whole like your body goes on the sun so as we're getting where the sun will be out longer my body will just be so excited and then it will be like wow it's eight o'clock and the sun is just now starting to set whoa how cool is that but the other things that come with it that i just love is the warm sunshine getting to wear shorts again seeing all the flowers which yeah they've actually already started blooming a couple weeks ago where i'm at but continued blooming flowers and then just the memory of swimming outside in an outdoor pool which now i swim in an indoor pool which is very sad but In the old days, in college and right out of college, before the lockdown screwed everything up with my swimming, (laughs) I would swim at the outdoor pool at San Jose State And man, this time of year is coming to be some of the best times where you bring a book, you swim, you sit out in the sun and dry off while reading your book. Then when it gets too hot, you jump back in. Then you jump back out and you just go in, out, in, out. After your workout, of course. And then you bring a bag of lunch and you eat while you're sitting there too. And when I was working my remote job, I also brought my laptop and I would work poolside. So, wow, what a dream come true for those remote workers that have a pool or an outdoor pool that they can go to. Springtime is going to be so so nice i also though feel like these first three months just going on last year's memory they take forever to get through do you feel the same because man, we have all this excitement at the end of the year, kind of building towards the end of the year. So that counts for like the last three to four months of like, we're headed into the holidays, we have Halloween, then Thanksgiving, and then the big one for Americans is Christmas. And then right after Christmas, I feel like there is such a letdown and kind of a shift of pace of, you know, you've been running around and so busy for the last couple weeks, the last month, and then wait, What's this weather now? Why is it raining so much? Why is it cold? Do we have anything to celebrate? No. Why does it get dark so quickly still? Why is this quarter of the year just taking so long? It's taking forever to get through. And maybe some of you don't feel that way because I know there are a number of people who love the winters. They love the dark coldness. And good for you. For myself, though, I mean, oh, these last few months feel like forever. But I know on the other hand, there are many of you that are just as excited as I am. So, Overall, I hope you feel full of joy and excitement for this next part of the year that is coming our way, regardless of if you are a little bit grumpy because (laughs) your body or your kids or whoever is around you is still trying to adjust towards losing a hour of their day. But today on the show, we're going to share a little bit about Miss Daisy and all that's happened with her since we last talked. I'm going to update you on Coffee Cup, And then I'm also going to share some exciting happenings with musical theater and singing songwriting. And if you saw my social media posts leading up to this episode this week, yeah, I'm going to sing for you a song at the very end of the show. So... You are for sure going to want to have a high retention rate on this episode because at the end, I'm going to be singing for you. I did it all in one go. Yeah, it was take three, (laughs) but you know, it's going to be great. So if you're ready for all of this, let's get going. Okay, so included in my episode on all that had happened in this beginning of the year, yeah, super dramatic, but it was that Miss Daisy, our indoor cat, was very sick. She had a runny nose and a drippy eye, which led to her having a high fever and then teetering on really death's door. She became super lethargic. She stopped eating and drinking altogether. If you know cats, once they do that, their body just shuts down and they die. So it was very scary and I thought like, she's dead. (laughs) We're going to lose her, but... I was able to get her in to see a vet and it has been what you know it was what i thought a very expensive journey already of getting her the antibiotics two different times getting tests done and trying to you know get her better the antibiotics did help her lose the fever and get back to eating drinking and her usual personality so yay that is great but after that it really did not stop her eye or rose nose (laughs) rose her rose no her eyes Or her nose from running. And more recently, she had what I thought was this like growth or inflamed inner nostril protruding from her nose. It was completely clogging her nostril. Each day, it just got bigger and bigger, and it looked disgusting. It looked like brain, like a brain coming out of her nose, like a Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, we just mentioned that. It looked like it was coming out of her nose. She was also having these awful sneezing fits where, when you look at the ground, like in the bathroom, because it's a white floor and white tub. Yeah, she likes to drink water from the bathtub. (laughs) I know. I was like, wait, you're like, why is she in the tub? That's why. She likes to drink from... (laughs) it up but you'd see these blood marks from where she sneezed like bloody snot which is so sad all around it was all very sad to see and she mostly lives upstairs which is where I'm at so just seeing her I'm like oh she looks uncomfortable she's not getting better we did all this kind of I think I explained it like you get the antibiotic shots it lasts two weeks but they say it could take between two to three weeks to start seeing so everything since like the end of January has just been this long like we're gonna try this okay wait and see It helped a little bit, but no, it's still there. Okay, round two. Let's do it again. Wait and see. And then with the thing coming from her nose, I was like, oh my gosh, she's back to dying again. And I was like, we got to reach back out again. And I'd already spent about $1,000 thus far. So yeah, that's when I say like, yeah, it was an expensive journey. Like, uh, little did I know what was to come. (laughs) But as I mentioned, seeing that thing coming out of her nose was enough for me to contact the vet again and say like, hey... I think we need to go into the next steps, which meant doing x-rays and likely a dental procedure. Either way, though, she'd have to be knocked out, which I knew previously, man, it's going to be incredibly expensive. And that was kind of on my part too, of like waiting to the end of the three weeks. So I'm like, if I don't have to spend a ton of money, I'm not going to. But yeah, it ended up not being that way. So I maybe could have saved 100 or $200 if we had just done the The procedure right away but that's not how it turned out so we got it scheduled for this past saturday with miss daisy she went in at 9am for the procedure and then i heard back from the vet around 3pm about how it went and luckily the procedure all went super well and miss daisy survived it all hooray and she was coming off of the anesthesia that she had been on right when i was calling But I have to tell you, it's a pretty scary position to be in since I have heard these stories where the animals don't survive the surgery or the condition they find once they open them all up is like so bad and would cost so much where they're like, you're gonna pay like ten thousand for this or you're gonna put them down and they almost always like decide to put them down all things that sound bad when you hear it happen to someone else like oh that's tragic they killed your dog (laughs) or your dog died while they were on the operating table but i have to say it also is way worse when you're in that in between of not really knowing what's going to happen to your animal And that position to be in of like trying to balance the weight of their life in your life So the meaning that they have to you compared to the money that it's gonna cost to keep them alive You guys it's a terrible terrible place to be in and to have to work through of like these scenarios because I do like to prepare and like think of you know all the different scenarios Like if this happens is what i'll do this happens is what i'll do there and then this and this and this And I don't think everyone does that but I found that to be super helpful of how I go throughout my life But then when you come to this i'm like uh, I don't really know I'm just gonna prepare for her to die because that will help part of the emotional side of it the mental emotional side of like she might come out and not come back home and then the night before she was like sleeping on my chest cuddling up like sleeping right next to me was super friendly in the morning and I held her when I ate breakfast before I went to work so now I'm like does she know she's going to die today <laughs> uh, I don't know so all of that I'm like you can prepare for that but For as far as like getting a phone call saying, should we kill her or let her live? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to have to wing it once I hear that. But luckily that didn't have to happen. So here is what happened, though, of what they found. So her front right canine, canine tooth had this bad infection at the root and underneath it. And this was the root of the problem, ha, <laughs> quite literally, as it was going through her mouth and into her sinus cavity, which was what was causing all of the snotty, runny nose and as well as the eyes, because they're all connected. And it turns out that protrusion, that growth coming from her nose, Yeah, it wasn't a brain, it wasn't the inside of her nostril, but it was none other than dried and hard mucus mixed with blood. (laughs) Ew, so gross, but they got it all flushed out, and her nose now is back to normal, she's no longer sneezing like she was, and her eyes seems to be better too. The funny thing, when the vet called me, I was like, and what about that thing coming from her nose? Did you remove that or take it out? She's like, what do you mean? And I would to be like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It was huge. It was so ugly. Like it looked like her brain was like falling out of her nose. And that's when she explained like, oh, it was just really hard mucus, dried was blood. And I was like, okay, but I tried kind of picking at it and it felt like it was attached. So <laughs> I guess the nasal flushing got it out. I don't know. But what they had to end up doing to get there after they got the x-rays and saw that it was like, an infection, a pretty bad one, was they had to remove her front canine tooth. Can you believe that? This poor little kitty cat. And, you know, I kind of knew that that was maybe what they're gonna have to do, but it's also a bit horrifying to hear that, you know, one of her most prominent and beautiful teeth is now just gone. Like, she yawns, and I'm like, oh, where's the little tooth? Oh, it's gone. There's nothing. I mean, she has the one on the other side, but The vet on the phone also went on to tell me that miss daisy also had many other diseased teeth so not only was that big prominent canine tooth removed but they removed one of her tiny front teeth in between the two canines so she's gonna have a gap on her front row her top row and then on her bottom row all the little teeth in between the two canine teeth were diseased and rotten so they took those out so she let me know that because of this and because she has no little teeth now her tongue might stick out unintentionally because guess what she doesn't have teeth to keep them in oh my goodness you guys how we like crazy wild weird sad is that and you know my first thought was that oh man, for a human, this is going to be absolutely devastating once they wake up and it's going to be just plain horrible. Our teeth are so important. They are beautiful. I don't know about you, but I look at people's smiles and when they've got nice teeth, I'm like, wow, you just elevated your beauty by so much (laughs) by having a nice smile. So I think of the cat, I'm like, you have been ruined. Your beauty is gone. (laughs) But you know what, you guys, that is not the same or true for animals. She just needs to eat Wet food for two weeks while her mouth heals and then after that she can get back to her dry food And really you're not really looking at teeth all too much And really the overall good thing is that she does seem to be super happy to be back home You can just tell she's in so much more like peace and comfort She's back to kind of like her lazy and sleepy lounging where she's all stretched out as well She's setting her head down much more now. That was something I didn't notice was missing But now that I see it i'm like wow she wasn't like resting her head down she was just kind of sleeping like propped up on her haunches and i think it was because it was too painful to rest your head down which is so sad because i was like wow if only she could talk she could have told us like i'm in pain please help me out get this tooth out of my mouth so seeing that she is so much happier now and she should be healing and healed from this awful like two to three month sickness that she's had that makes it all worth it. And I think she's also super affectionate now because she's just so happy to not be in constant pain. I've heard my younger sister said too that these tooth injuries, like for humans, they are excruciating and even more so for animals and cats because they can't talk. They can't say like, I am in pain. So likely even now, though she is probably in a little bit of pain, from healing from the surgery and all the stitches in her poor mouth well she is on pain medication so that should be helping her but i'm guessing that any sort of pain from that is actually much less than the pain from having this infected tooth in her mouth the sad thing though is that the amount that all of this costs which i'm going to get into a bit but also on top of all that when i ask like how Could this have happened? You know, she's an indoor cat, she does nothing to warrant an injury or an infection. We don't have other indoor cats. Her and the dog get along, they don't fight. She basically sleeps around and eats. That's what cats do. If you have an outdoor cat, that's a little bit different. They're like the superhuman version of cats where they're like jumping off of roofs and getting into fights, and like, whoa, they are super tough. And like, if they had something like this, I'm like, I understand, they are dirty animals. But for her, I was like, why does this happen to her? And it turns out. As they age, they are prone to getting this, like, feline disease called feline tooth resorption. I had to look on the notes to write that down. But basically, it sounds like as they get older, their gums, and beneath the base of their teeth, they get diseased, and then they start to deteriorate. And then with her canine in particular, because that one was really bad, the tooth started getting loose around its base which caused the tooth to become loose, where she's like, I don't even know how it was still in there. But as soon as the tooth is loose, then it creates an entryway where food, bacteria in the mouth, you know, you know, at least with human mouths, things are dirty and what do cats do they don't take baths they bathe themselves with their tongue so they are licking everything anything that like you touch them they're gonna lick it they lick their butts their private parts yeah so who knows what could be in their mouth and so having that was like the perfect like way for it to get up in there to get to the root of things and then cause this infection that just grew and got worse and worse and caused all those other things so While she should be getting better and better from this, she's likely going to have to go back. I mean, they suggest in a year to a year and a half to see how the disease is progressing. Oh, poor thing. And from there, they're going to see, do they need to pull more teeth? So kind of sad of like, yay, she's going to be better, but you know... It will probably come back to her other teeth. And it's really nothing you can do with it. She was like, I don't know. Like, we don't know why this is happening in cats. But then they always also mention, like, how this may not work. And she may have cancer because the bone here from the x-ray looks a little bit different. But we didn't take x-rays before to know, like, is this normal for her or is this a cancer causing? And I didn't want to pay an extra three to $400 to send off samples of what they took to figure out if she actually dying. So, ah, uh, man. It is very weird because I think they really just do that to be on the safe side so that you don't come back and try to sue them. But it also is a little unsettling to be like, you paid all this money, but also it may not have worked and your cat may be dying of cancer. But they said that originally too. They thought she had lymphoma and I'm like, no, she doesn't. (laughs) how do i know i just know she doesn't have cancer so i think that's the case here but before we continue on i do want to tell you about the price because that's something not a lot of people talk about and you guys at this point i've shared all the other costs in my life of that program seventeen thousand dollars boom ten thousand dollars for coffee up cup boom like <laughs> the savings are dying so like why wouldn't i also share about this but overall the price came out to two thousand five hundred sixty nine dollars and ten cents Isn't that great? 10 cents, couldn't it just round it off? (laughs) But insane, right? Here are some of the highlights though so with the charges. It was $98 for the day's hospitalization, $85 for the catheter, $95 for the IV monitor, $210 for dental x-rays, and then 225 for oral surgery, level three for a feline cat. And from there, just a ton of other charges for the medications and who knows what else they were pumping into her at the time. $330 for the anesthesia, and you know. As I mentioned, they have so many other technical terms, but it's the biggest receipt and invoice I've seen in my life so far, like two pages for all the things. I'm like, you couldn't have just knocked off a few of those to make it a little bit cheaper for me, (laughs) but it was overall, yeah, a lot of money. But also at this point in my life, ah, man, I've just been spending so much money in particular from my house savings that the shock of life and its services being so overly expensive and Money starting to drain and just draining. You know what, you guys, it has started to not have that big of an effect on me. (laughs) So maybe that's a good thing. This being less attached to money and really seeing if you know, I want to have a business, a family house and all that I want to do in the future. I'm kind of seeing like, you know what, for sure, for sure, God is going to be the one to make this happen. It's not going to be on my own accord or my own strengths or my diligent saving working so many jobs and all the time because I have done a lot. I did all of that. And my house savings have almost been cut down in half from what I had saved, cut down in just six months. So you really see like how crazy life can be. And it's showing that, you know, anything you can do on your own. Like, yeah, that's great. It's good to be good with your money, but also life can just come and take it all away. So I think it's a lesson I've already been learning since growing up and it's something I'm familiar with. And I think I've already been pretty good at this relationship with money and knowing to, you know, keep your distance, not to rely your happiness or fulfillment on it, but It's all definitely being cemented in me now. If for some reason I hadn't known that or hadn't learned the lesson, I do think though the bigger lesson being learned is that our future is in God's hands. So knowing that and relying on him to provide our daily needs and the plan he has for us with our future, that's what he intends for us to do. So in the end, it's useless to try and do it all on our own and in our own strength because so easily it can all just be taken away. And then what have I lost i've lost like three to five years like since college so even more than that of like thinking i'm gonna get a house and spending so much time working two to three jobs and go 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 and then like oh a couple months it's gone <laughs> whoa crazy but within that i do also think back to verses in the bible in the book of matthew where it talks about how god feeds the birds of the air providing for them every day and i think the great part is that it says like if he can provide for the birds and the flowers of the field that are here today and gone tomorrow like how much more will he take care of us? How much more does he love us? And will he have our backs and take us through these hardships? And I think that's really helpful to think through if you are in a position yourself where your future is uncertain, even more so if you can't afford to feed yourself and your family. Like I had been mentioning a a couple episodes ago of like all that we were going through and being like, wow, this is so weird. Like those verses aren't just talking about feeding the birds and getting fed yourself, though it can be taken as that, but it means a lot more about, you know, God taking care of you overall. So for you that needs some encouragement, I would say walk outside and look for the first bird you see. And guess what? That little bird doesn't worry or store up food. It doesn't worry about being fed. And just as God can take care of that little bird, he's going to take care of you and your family so much more. So I hope that is encouraging as we keep going. I also though think that in the case of the cost with this procedure, that Miss Daisy does bring so much joy to myself, my family, our Airbnb guests. Almost all of our like reviews mention Miss Daisy, more so than any of our other names. They're like, and Miss Daisy made it so good. So I think that... If she is fully healed from this, which I, it looks like she is going to be, hopefully, I mean, it's only been a couple days, but I think it will be completely worth it, especially as you know, she has another good five to six years of life left, potentially, which to some of you, that may sound short, but also I think it's pretty long because in five years, I'm gonna go from being 28 to 33. I'll probably be moved out of the house, have a family started by then, be on my way to being a millionaire if I haven't already gotten there yet. <laughs> so, you know, so much can happen. And overall, I think, The most interesting part of this whole procedure process for me, since it's the first one I've done and been through with a pet, is that they were all able to do it in one day. So to me, that was crazy. They were able to diagnose the problem and also fix it. Whereas when you look with humans, you need so many more appointments and you got to spend way more money. You got a couple appointments to establish like, Hey, there's a problem. Try this. No, it's not working. Try this. No, it's not working. Then another appointment to get an x-ray. Then another appointment to go over the x-ray and figure out like, okay, what are we going to do next? (laughs) Then another appointment to have the actual surgery and then a few more to recover. And then see like, did it actually work? Let's take more (laughs) x-rays. So they do all of that with humans, but then like For animals, Miss Daisy. Yeah, she's gonna have a checkup in two weeks to see how it all turned out. And luckily, and gratefully, it is included in the surgery cost because I was like, she asked, she's like, as I was paying, and now we're gonna. Would you like to schedule the appointment for follow up right now? And she just looked at me, and I just had a blank face, and I didn't know what to say because I was gonna be like, well, do we have to do that? Do I have to come back here? (laughs) Because you've already taken twenty five hundred plus another thousand, so like this is very expensive. And she's like, it's covered. I'm like, okay. So wild to me though that they can do all that for your animal in one day and I'm like, huh? And then with humans, why do we drag it out so long? Undoubtedly, it's because, you know, without really even knowing, but it's money, you guys. These insurance companies, the hospitals, the doctors, they all get kickbacks for all these things they make you do, all the hoops that you jump through. If you didn't know that yet, congratulations. You know now. And I don't even know that much about it. And I don't even want to get that much into it. But I hope you know that. So it goes back to say that when I think the vets actually do want to help your animals and doctors probably don't want to help humans. Like, I don't know. I'm learning so much. So if you want to be a doctor, I'd say maybe shift over to either holistic medicine (laughs) or become a vet i think it's much more fulfilling but with that though let's jump on to some updates with coffee dub cup all right so last episode we talked about all we had done with this new brand that i have started and what we are hoping to accomplish by the end of the week And luckily, guess what? We actually got a ton done. The main things were we got a website set up and launched as well as a blog set up and launched, super exciting. But these two things have been huge in the brand's development as well as for the excitement level I have for myself for what it means for the brand and getting myself and the brand closer and closer to launching. The website is more of a landing page, though, as I mentioned last episode, and is more of just a single-page website that you can scroll down and scroll through, and it has links that will take you to where you need to go. I explain more about that, so we don't need to talk more, but right now, the links lead to articles on our new blog our blog overall and a google form where you can sign up to be on our email list the website as i mentioned last time was created with card.co c-a-r-r-d.co and while yeah it could have been free as i mentioned i was like oh good i don't have to pay that would be if i wanted to use their own domain name and as you know i already purchased their domain name so i was like uh gross i'm gonna have to pay for this (laughs) but I went forward and paid it for their paid version and it comes out to $19 for a whole year. I was like, oh my goodness, that is so reasonable. It's so doable. And that one year and that one account, it can allow me to have up to 10 sites and 10 like landing pages. So that's combined 10 landing pages in total. So I've only used up one. So in theory, I could also get rid of wix.com that's what i have my personal website on and that's a couple hundred every year and just move everything over and you know i can move everything from all my businesses to this one company and it will be so much cheaper it is way more cost effective and reasonable than buying that subscription so i'll have to do some thinking on that for my other businesses and other websites but from there the vlog i set up was with wordpress.com and it seems to be one of the main blogging websites out there it definitely has been in the game for a really long time they also though have a feature where you can purchase a domain name with them and if i choose to do that in the future then i can't use the one i already have so i don't even know what i do like coffeedupcup.blog.com <laughs> something weird like that i don't know or maybe c c i don't know who knows there's too much right now and i'm like this is not important right now so I didn't purchase anything with them because I'm like, I already spent for that one. I want this to be free. We're just going to see how it goes. If I don't like the website overall, then guess what? There are so many other websites I can test out. So I do have the free one right now. So the web address is coffeedupcup.wordpress.com, which a lot of me is like, it looks so dorky. But then you know right away, like this is the blog for them. And I'm really not counting on that many people to be going to the website, but I do need a good blogging like a good way to write articles and have people get updated about what we're doing, what we stand for, and what is coming their way. So we do already have an article on that site, and I would love for you to read it. Even if you don't like to read, you're going to like to read this. It's titled The Beginnings, and it's all about how I got to where I realized like, hey, I can start this brand. It's going through those steps of like over a decade ago in the working, which I think that to me is the coolest thing, especially when I hear with other people. So I think for you, it will be really cool to be like, well, this actually like it didn't start last summer. It started back when he was in high school in his junior year, around that, his sophomore junior year. So, I'm going to have the link in the show notes. Please go ahead and give it a read. Let me know what you think. I think it's going to be so fun to really start writing a lot more. I think my goal will be especially as I'm just getting started because we need a lot of like articles and content out there will be to write maybe 2 to 3 a week. So, hopefully the other days this week i can get some stuff written but it should be great as we go and then the last element that i mentioned that we have on this new website is the email sign up and that is a huge thing in growing this brand and really finding success in getting to our launch and hopefully having a successful launch the website i'm on with coffeedupcup.com from card.co it does have the option to add this like sign up feature on the website but it required you to connect an email manager application. So, uh, MailChimp, Clavio, there's a, a whole bunch that it shows. And I was like, well, I don't have any of those. And I'm not going to start paying for that, especially when the coach from that program I'm in, which they haven't reached out to me yet. So, I'm interested to see when they're going to reach back out to see if I can join again. But The coach I had been in contact with, he mentioned it wasn't worth getting one of those sites until we have at least 100 people on our list. And right now we have under 10. (laughs) So I went with a free workaround and a free version of this idea because really, what do we need? We need to get your email. I have to get your name too because I like to address people by their name. I think it's polite much better than, hi, (laughs) hello, follower. Hello, email subscriber. Hello, list member. I would say, you know, hey, Michael, how's it going? Thanks so much for being here with us on this journey. (laughs) So that's all you have to do is add your name and email, click submit and boom, you're there. So it should be super exciting. And I think it'll do a great job in just getting us started. All of this coming together for me, as I mentioned, it does make it all so much more exciting. So as I mentioned, I've been kind of like feeling deflated and not motivated and just like, man, do I really want to be doing this? Uh, I don't know. But as this is coming together, I'm like, Wow, this is looking so cool. So go ahead, check out the website. It'll be, guess what, in the show notes and check out our blog. We actually have two articles, but I haven't shared the second one on social media. But you, yeah, yeah, go ahead and read it. You'll find it linked in our website as well. And then if you haven't signed up for our email list yet, I would be so happy and so appreciative if you did. If you already signed up from our previous landing page, don't worry. I moved you over. You're still on there, so you don't need to do it again. But if you have not signed up yet, it would be super helpful. We'll send out, you know, just the occasional updates, promotions, articles, and other helpful items that are really going to document and include you in our journey with building this brand. So You can be there right with us as we go and as we grow, which is awesome. Part of that is coming from this podcast, but then it's going to be in so many other ways as well, too. So it's going to be super exciting. And I think they say in the program, like, you should be emailing once a week. And I'm like... I don't have the energy or content for that right now. And I kind of hope I never do because that just sounds like a mess. It sounds like so much. And as a customer for other websites, I get annoyed if it's every week. I'm like, come on, do you need to be talking to me every week? I am saving my money. But I guess for a lot of people, it actually is helpful. The mentality of like, if they see the email, like even if they don't open it, they see it and are deleting it. They think, oh, coffee up cup. Ooh, I need to order some more coffee. Let's do that. <laughs> so who knows? But I think it is going to be great as we keep going so from here though let's get to our last section which is on musical theater and songwriting okay so hopefully you know this but if not and if you're a new listener i did a bunch of theater and musical theater in particular when I was growing up, and now maybe you're thinking, hey, what's the difference between theater and musical theater? Well, the first thing that you should know, which I mean, come on, hopefully you do know this, is that in musical theater, there is music and singing incorporated all throughout the show. A big part of the show and its story, as well as the stories within the characters of the show, are done through song, with undoubtedly dancing added in. Yes, that dreaded dancing for so many of you that have a sour opinion of musicals, and you think that they're only the ones in the videos and wow, how cheesy. They just are talking and they're like, well, you know how I feel. This is how I feel. And then they start singing and you're like, stupid. <laughs> Get off the screen. Stop singing. Oh no, why are you dancing now? Would you really be dancing? When in life do you ever just start singing and dancing? Uh. Well, don't worry. If you're thinking that, I would ask you. And I've asked people this that I've worked with at my morning job. The one lady in particular, she's like, oh, I hate musicals. So I'm like, but... Have you ever actually been to a live performance of a musical? So let me ask you that. Same thing. Have you? (laughs) Have you been there? Because most people, this coworker in particular too, they had never been, which makes complete sense when you think of your musical reservations or that thought of like, gross, why are they singing and dancing? Like, oh, it's so stupid. Like it brings no joy when in reality, it should be the opposite of that. It should be, oh my gosh, this is so much better than just regular theater. Because trust me, you guys, I've been to a lot of regular theater. It makes me so sleepy. I'm like, you know what can make this show better? And people are like, what? I'm like, if there was singing and dancing, it keeps you awake as an audience member. When you're in show in real life, it is so fun to have a catchy song. And then if they do a reprise, by the end of the show, you're like, I know these songs. They are so awesome, so fun. And then the dancing, it keeps you engaged. It keeps your eyes moving around the stage. Where When they're just talking, I'm like, shoot this is boring. (laughs) But also within this, there really is such a big difference of being live and in front of these live performers compared to the televised actors that are, you know, on screen. They have many takes to do it. They're likely lip syncing because they went into studio and recorded there, and then they're you know, mouthing their lips over what they've already pre-recorded. And then as they say, cut, oh wait, do that again, but try this. And even you think like, yeah, you can do a live theater performance where it is all live. But even with that, you're missing out on so much of the feeling, the thought, and the magic that you get with live theater. And if that is still hard to grasp, because if you haven't been there, you're like, what is this fool going on about? Like, obviously, he loves musical theater. But I think there's a lot more to that. So if you think of watching a live performance of your favorite band, so think of your band, think of going to them live. You're there in person, you're seeing the performance with your own eyes, you're taking in their outfits, the lights, the setup, the gear, the scene changes, the special effects. Then think of the noises that you'd be hearing And then think of the noises you would hear in your ears from the people shouting and screaming around you to singing along with the words that everyone knows, yourself included, singing as loud as you can to the loudspeakers that are projecting and blasting the sound throughout the whole stadium to then the little imperfections you hear with the singing and the ad-libbing that the artist is doing in between the songs to, you know, all that you get when music is being done live and then finally the feeling you get all throughout your body of the vibrations like I've been to a concert and you can feel it like, whoa. And then maybe you get the chills at a certain song that's your favorite or it gets really emotional and you just feel it all throughout your body or it's really happy and then you feel joyful and really just all the awe that you get from being there live. Then take all of that that I just spent like a, <laughs> a good two minutes talking about. Then compare that to watching a YouTube clip of this same favorite band from within your room in your pajamas. And you're just like, wow, they're doing really well they're good this was fun but i'll say no you cannot compare those two things there is a big big difference and i think the same is completely true when you are looking at musical theater but anyways in my own career (laughs) yeah you're like that was a pretty big tangent well yeah i just know that there are so many people that know nothing about musical theater and it is such a great form of entertainment but (laughs) on my own journey as a creator i first learned to sing through doing musical theater so it is a big deal for me in that and that i learned a lot of how to perform how to even do the show how to be confident how to hold myself a certain way how to speak well and articulate with your speaking you know so much and i have an episode smart communication go on listen to that i talk about theater a lot in that and how it is applicable but a lot of what I'm interested in and how I've come out of it is through doing theater, especially that I did learn to sing through doing that. And I share that in my own and Marlon White featured episode. It's that first one I did where I'm like, this is an example. So you can see as a business owner, what it will be like to be on the show. (laughs) So go and listen to that one. It's a great one, even though I did that through Instagram Live. I don't know. There was a lot of weird stuff with that, but it came out great. And especially for my first one where I was just like going, I was like, <laughs> I typed out of everything out and we're just going to keep going. But I did learn to sing and I performed in so many musicals throughout that time of growing up, starting in middle school on through high school, a little bit in college and from all that. So I learned to sing. Yeah, I've said that a bunch. And then I went on to learn how to like songwrite and come up with my own songs. I've mentioned before that in my like junior year of high school in Spanish class, we had to do a project and I was like, n- people don't have this come naturally to them. Like they can't just think of a tune and a song and put words to it and be like, yeah, that's mine, it's original. People were like, no, you can't. And then when I was in one of the summer theater musicals, a girl that I was acting with, she was going to vocal lessons and was telling me, like, you have to go to learn how to do all the da da ba ba da ba 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 i don't know oh man maybe that was bad but the the different scatting of like the different vowels you use and like like all of that i'm like why you have to learn that you have to be taught that i'm like just listen to some michael buble which i did all throughout high school and i learned how to do that so i'm like that also does not come natural to people like all of these things with like rhythm and coming up with all of these things i was like wow That is not normal for a lot of people. So like, hey, maybe I should, you know, keep doing this, look into it, start doing a little more. So yeah, the beginning of my songwriting career was, you know, I was in high school, so it was much more like singer-songwriter genre, but that was something that I really loved at the time. And really, you guys, I still do love it because these are artists that, you know, they can actually sing really well without needing a bunch of post-production work. They don't need to be edited like crazy. They sound the same, if not better when you see them live. And that's something that I used to do all the time. If I'd find a new song that I liked, and sometimes I'll do it now too. I'm like, wow, this singer is so good. I'm like, hold up. We don't know if they're actually good, Michael. You need to go on YouTube. See, oh man, go on YouTube and find a live version of them singing that song. And if they're good, then at least I know. I'm like, cool, I can keep listening to them. But then when you hear like, oh man, the pitch is lowered so much. They're really pitchy as well. And you're just like, ugh, they're not that great. So do I want to support that? I mean, maybe, maybe you do. I mean, you probably already are because most of the people that you hear, they're not actually that good live, which is encouraging. If you want to be a singer, don't worry, you guys. You don't actually have to be that good. (laughs) oh man see you can find a positive in most things that's what it will be for you but you know they were actually good singers they didn't need a lot of post-production work and i like that there was minimal instrumentation so that you can actually hear the singing and to this day that is what i love about that genre and really when you think of it musical theater you're telling a story you can hear the singing really well the singer is amazing like they're doing so so good and then It was as I kept writing, though, that a lot of the songs I saw that I excelled at writing were in that musical theater genre. It was those that, you know, the songs told the stories and the overall arc of the song. They showed something about a certain character, and they were pretty personal for that character. These were the ones that, yeah... I loved to write. I still do love writing them. And I was actually much better at singing and performing them. Uh, guess why? Because that was the background I had and really have with learning to sing, as well as my voice is a baritone, which is, I don't know, if you don't know music, it's kind of right in the middle. A tenor can sing really high and they do really well. A tenor song, most of all their money notes, all of their singing will be high. And then a, a bass would be the low, like boom, boom. Boom boom boom. So low but i could do both so like i can can hit some of those notes up high do i like doing it no but for a certain song like yeah we'll throw that out and like it'll be like whoa it went high and then low yeah i can usually sing pretty low but not as low as like a true bass so baritone is somewhere in the middle and you can write a lot within musical theater that actually covers that within singing songwriting and that was something when you hear a lot of the singers on the radio male singers they all sing so high but then i've started to see now people are being a lot more truthful with like yeah I can't even sing that version live i take it transpose it down a few steps so i'm like man that is just so silly and so false that we are trying to create the standard at least for guys that are trying to sing and i know some women are too that they have a very hard time finding songs they can sing comfortably and i'm like ah it's so frustrating but what I learned from having an electronic keyboard, guess what you do, there is a transpose and you just bring it down a couple half steps just like those fools that are <laughs> getting all of our money and fame and attention. So if you are discouraged or you've found it's hard to sing certain songs, you gotta play around with the transposing of it, bringing it up or down. So if it's too high, guess what? Bring it down a couple of half steps. If it's too low, bring it up and boom, all of a sudden, no matter your voice, you can sing a majority of the song. So all of that though, really fit within musical theater and what I could do at the time. I only had a piano and I really liked overall with musical theater that you were writing songs for a character to sing, (laughs) that you were building something that was just so creative and so freeing that could encompass all of these feelings that you wanted to include in the song and the story without having to say that, that's what I'm feeling as Michael or that's what I'm commentating on my own life <laughs> because especially as you're a new songwriter you get so much of that where you listen to a song and I've gone to open mics when I was in college they are so uncomfortable but you hear these people sing and you're just like "Ooh, this is uncomfortable the one I can think of some it was called like sexual frustration about me and the roommate and me and my girlfriend and it, it just got so weird and I was like why are we here? Why am I listening to this? You were just talking about all this stuff, which I know is related to you, but it is just like, ugh, gross. And, and it's not very good. So maybe in a different setting, if they were a little better, or if it was reworded, or you know, maybe things could be better. But for me, I'm like, oh, it's so much nicer to be like, whether this is or it's not about me, this is a character singing. So it's a character song. So don't think of me. I am just bringing this story to you. And I would say that, yeah, these songs do all have truth and background for my own life, but the difference is they are also intermixed in with these fictional characters that I'm creating that I feel like really bring the stories to life. So I can put in the emotion of feeling this, this, and this, but then I can bring it alive with assigning it to this character who has this like background to her or him and like creating the show that I know is one day going to be. <laughs> so it sounds a little bit kooky and crazy, but That to me is super fun of like, yeah, I'm going to add some of myself into this, but at the end of the day, it's a little less pressure because I'm like, you don't know if this is about me or not because it's all fiction. Like we're going to say, like the shows, this is not based on, or this is based on true events, but it does not depict anyone real. Like it is based on fictional characters. (laughs) Okay. We know that Law and Order SVU. We know you grabbed that right from the news, (laughs) but you know, it's kind of that feeling. You get me? You get me? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Well, from there though, after I had written this full length musical that was produced my freshman year at San Jose state, I had realized that, you know, if I could write musicals for a job, this would be the job that I would love to do. And yeah, I know as you've gotten to know me through this podcast, you're like, man, you have so many interests, so many goals and businesses that you want. Like, how are you going to do all that? I'm like, I don't know. But as far as a creative career, as I've gotten older, this to me sounds like still to this day, sounds like so much fun like i can just come up with these stories the songs the dialogue and then hand it over to a group of talented artists and performers if they could do all that and then bring it to life man that would be great workshopping it if you didn't know that's kind of what it is it's usually to make your show even better after seeing how it's read and sung so they're not like acting it out usually it's like a staged reading so they're all up on high stools with a live pianist reading through and singing through the song songs and then as you go you take notes and then You get notes from the protection team, from the actors and actresses, as well as I think the coolest part is that, and this is like for everything in my life. I'm like, if you can give me the talented people, like, man, I want to work with them because I know like this is my capability as a singer. But if I give that to someone, say, here's the groundwork, like the structure, the foundation, add your own embellishing and like, tell me what you think. And like, how can we make this even better? Like someone who knows how to sing, who has like that God-given talent and has put in all the practice to really bring it all out. I'm like, wow, if you have ever worked with those people in any field, you're just like, beautiful. (laughs) So cool, so good, so amazing. So that for me is cool of like, At one time, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter to perform my own songs. I do think that would be fun. But more so now, following, if I were to follow this career path or if it opens up, I'm like, to have other people sing your work. And I think the coolest thing when I did that musical in college was that people in the show were leaving the practice, humming and singing my song. I'd see them around the hall, around the theater, of course, because college is huge. So it's not like you just see them everywhere. But going into the theater building, they would be like singing one of my songs. And I was like, uh and that also actually happened in high school too for the musical brown bag i did where people were like they weren't even in the show but they were just a part of the theater production so they'd seen us practicing they saw the brown bag performance they were singing my own songs and i'm like wow how magical is that like i wrote this in my room we brought it to the stage and then it's stuck in your head and following you around the rest of your day like bam if i could do that like wow so so cool so there is a lot there and so much of course that i would love to do one day but for a few years now and really since after leaving college it has been a pretty far off dream because if you didn't know in the old days you could be a playwright or a songwriter for plays and musicals and then from there you'd be commissioned to write and create a show by a benefactor or a production company and then they'd take your written work work through it, and then produce your show and bring it to life. That's why when you think back to the old days, they, they had a lot of like benefactors, like rich people that would fund these creative projects. And you see like, wow, that was actually so cool and really nice because with theater, you don't get the money until you have the show. So you need some capital to start. If you can get that from someone who supports the arts and knows what it's bringing, like man, it makes it so much easier. However recently and nowadays like probably in the last two decades so who knows but like the last 20 years this is no longer the case nowadays if you write a show guess what you're gonna have to produce it yourself and all this stuff you know this is all stuff i would love to do (laughs) if you know me i love the admin side i love like i said give me the talent the people we will bring it to life but the practical side is it is very expensive and it's very pricey unless like if you find yourself in college and find a production like student run club bam wow Good luck. Like, that is so cool, so awesome. Fully use everything to your advantage because they have money and the people there to help you bring this stuff to life. That's how I got that own musical brought to life because I joined a club and I don't know, you just got to put yourself out there and then the right things lined up and woo, all of a sudden I was writing a musical. So, that has been a dream, but like, man, it's so expensive. And so I kind of thought like, well, I'll just wait till I get rich and make a ton of money. And then that's something fun I can do (laughs) to, you know, take the time off to like create shows. And then I'll have the money to be a producer and help bring together a team to put on the show. But fast forward to this past December of 2022, I found an Instagram account called write out loud contest i'll add it in the show notes and they are a non company that holds this yearly singing contest in new york for musical theater songwriters this for me man it was so amazing to see because it's the first thing that i've ever heard of anything like it so many contests and opportunities out there are for songwriters in general and they really seem to favor the more like pop music and what can we have that could be on the radio now and musical theater though if you don't and haven't gathered already, it's a really different genre overall. Like, yeah, some shows can have themes that are more like rock or like pop-style music, but the theater I like that I grew up loving and watching and performing in, the singing and the genre of music, it's a lot different because you are telling a story. You don't need to like catch people's attention every 10 seconds with like the boots, we're going to chorus again and second chorus, third chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, chorus. It's like, no. telling a story and it can be beautiful it can be about love it can be about anything you wanted to but it's so different so this one that i found though it was for musical theater like songwriters which i was like whoa, cool not even just for singers but like songwriters and they had a contest where you could submit two songs to the contest with a deadline of it having to submit it by february 28th and i've been following along with them since december and was super interested in submitting songs but you know, I wasn't sure exactly what I'd do. I had one in mind that I'd written a while ago for this like female protagonist character that leaves all, like really leaves everything behind in her own life in pursuit of fame, to which then she gets the fame, but then guess what? You're a shooting star, like you burn bright fast and then you burn out. So she does end up falling out of fame and then she comes back to her small town and that's where things kind of play out from there. But was one of those songs the right song to pick because I have a few different songs that I've written for that show idea. So which one of them should I do? And then I also have this thing where I want to be sure that if I'm submitting to anything new, I, I also want to submit something new and current because I, like, I'm here in the present now. I want to share the skills and talents that I have, the things that are meaningful to me now in the present. <laughs> so that was something that I have acknowledged from that and kind of going forward with this like if i ever do something like i want to make sure i do something new because as people we are always growing so i knew that even for this contest if i did an older song i also have to submit a new song too so what i ended up doing was i spent the month of january and february creating brand new this brand new song for musical theater that could fit in the same show idea because i was like they're going to be listening to like two songs and if they really like it maybe there's something that could open up for this show idea like you guys, you never know who could be in front or behind their screens listening to what you're creating. So I'm like, we're going to do two songs. They fit in the same show. They should go well together. And All in all, though, I got a new song created for this male character, and then I ended up choosing one of my favorite songs for the female character that I felt I could somewhat easily add on to and expand into a full song, since nowadays, people on social media, they don't listen to full songs. It's so sad. They only listen to about a minute or a minute and a half of a song, if you're lucky. So that's all I've been writing for the last two to three years, because why would I go through the work of writing a full song if no one's going to listen to it? But the... Overall contest, it was fun, it was a bit challenging, but I think it was rewarding overall with the whole process, and exciting enough, I was able to finish and submit both of these songs the day before the contest ended, so I should find out sometime this spring if anything happens with it. I think it would be super awesome and cool if either song was selected as one of the finalist songs, of course, you gotta wish and dream big for that, but... Really, I think the overall opportunity and process itself was super fun and exciting regardless of what happens. It sort of like jump-started that creative switch in me that really excels once I have a purpose and reason for creating. Like, I could have finished a number of these songs I have in my songwriting book, but as I mentioned, why would I? What's the point? Just for myself? I don't get enjoyment out of that. No one's gonna listen to it, but then you tell me there's a contest that could take me somewhere or that you want me to write a show for you and you know, whatever it is. And I will gladly take on that challenge. And I'll, you know, I'm going to use it as a way to get some great work created. So if i do end up getting selected for anything it sounds like kind of how it works they choose two to three finalists to go in for like the first place winning song and then those ones i think the first three that are like in the winner side they will actually produce it and make it into a full song that they publish on all different music platforms and have us like their ep from that year's contest and then Apart from that, though, it sounds like they have about 10 semifinalists, and then all of these people in total, they all get their songs paired up with Broadway singers, and, you know, some of them look like they sing their own songs, but I think the purpose is you do the writing, they pair it up with, like, an up-and-coming Broadway singer, and then you all get together in New York in this cool, I think it's called 54 Below, some, like, I, I assume, like, performing nightclub like they probably do comedy shows there we have little tables and high stools and you know they probably do a lot of fun performances there and like eating events but you all get together you all go there and then you see this live event like a cabaret of your songs all put together which you have a live band you have an audience to watch it to enjoy it to really see like how they react to it and Apparently, too, when I was reading through the website, it's supposed to be a way that prospective, like producers or companies or performers, could find new talent among these up and coming writers, these up and coming actors and performers. And, you know, I'm not really sure if that happens since the company is in its first few years, though. But as I mentioned, the opportunities themselves are endless for what could come from this. Like, At the far end, which I feel like might happen, I'd be spending more money to fly and lodge in New York for this like one day event. But I mean, if that happens, wow, you can't pass that up. But on the other end, maybe something comes just from the people on the production team that are going through the songs and like, whoa, this could be cool. I don't know. There's so much of like, You won't know until you do something, right? (laughs) So they also, though, help arrange the song for you, adding instrumentation. If you get to where you can perform it, that is a huge help and I think would be so exciting. And, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not really interested in doing the arranging and composing myself. So I think all in all, I wanted to share this with you as a way of keeping you updated on my journey as a creator, because that is something that I've added into this show since we revamped it. And it is just so strange to live out this time in my life where it feels like I have so many different avenues I'm pursuing and chasing after, and in which you know I'm trying to balance it all as well as sort of see like which one was gonna take off first and providing something sustainable to provide for myself and my future. So while I'm still psyched up for working super hard on fisher Filbrick and Coffee Up Cup, I also wanna keep in mind that one day, yeah, I would still love to create musicals and hope that while my company with the coffee takes on itself with the stuff I have running it, and while I continue podcasting and providing business resources, I could then fill my days with creative work, such as songwriting and writing musicals. I think though it's a great way to end this episode as it's something that you can even be thinking about wherever you are right now. Like sure, money and having a job is super important to meet your basic needs, but... At the same time, do you have other hobbies or items in your life that you would rather be pursuing that actually bring you joy and fulfillment each day and that would, you know, excite you to actually get up each morning rather than waking up and be like, oh no, another day. (laughs) When can I go back to sleep? One of the reasons though I started out this show and really the business with talking with small business owners is that these people typically encompass this completely and they totally get it. They work full-time jobs or they're full-time parents and In that, they've learned how to bring in and balance and even thrive with pursuing their own small business that they're passionate about. Whatever it is, there are so many different ones. So if you haven't listened to some of those interviews from last year, I talked to 10 different people and I suggest you give them a listen because it is so encouraging and inspiring to hear from these people and see like they're living out their own dreams. And no, it's not easy as I, you know, I feel like every episode we have to say that it's not easy. None of this is easy. Like there is a challenge and there's a journey to this, but I think that is what makes it so worth it in your journey. And as you go, and this is something that I would hope for you as well is that, Hey, see, is there anything? And what is something small that you can be starting out this week, even that maybe it could bring you joy and allow you to pursue something that is deep within you. And that's been waiting to come forth. Like all of a sudden this came out of the blue. Like, yeah, I do try to write music and play the piano when I have time, which I haven't had a ton of time. But then I saw this, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I am here. I've got some ideas and I will jump fully into this. And as I said, who knows what's going to come from this? Man, it could be something cool. It could just be like, this was fun (laughs) because I feel like if you are doing something that you're passionate about, that brings you joy at the end of the day, you should be doing it because you enjoy it because it's fun. Like just Plain and easy, like I had fun creating that. (laughs) So I'll have a question and a poll regarding this if you're listening on Spotify that I'd love for you to answer. And I hope though overall that this has been an encouraging episode. And to close things out, I thought it'd be fun to share one of the songs that I submitted for this contest. I did this before in the past, yeah, where I sing some song ideas for Fisher phobic kids and then some other songwriting ones really talking about like that process. So that was a great episode. I'll try to find it and put it. I think it's like Johnny Paul Todd, <laughs> something about that. That's the little character. But I did do that, and I think it was really fun, and I think it would be super fun to keep on adding these songwriting ideas and clips to this podcast, especially as we've kind of changed the trajectory of where it's going, both as a way to push myself in creating and performing, because if you get out of practice, man, it's hard to get back into it. But I think it will also bring some new entertainment and fun and hopefully joy to your own ears especially if you are not someone who's heard a lot of musical theater just this new form of music that you might be like whoa this is cool and it's stuff i've written so it is original and what other podcast though do you have a host that occasionally breaks out in song with a piano on air (laughs) this one this one will do so without further ado and to close out this episode i'll be singing childhood dream which is the female protagonist song she comes back after falling from fame sees that her best friend, her childhood crush, has moved on with his life and already has a family of his own. She's broken down and left with nothing. At least that's how she's feeling in her life. While looking at him, his whole world is complete with all he has, his family. Everything that she realizes, like, could that have been mine? If I didn't give all this up, I could see myself there. That should be me there. What if? Oh, man. So enjoy. Let me know what you think.
1: Look at you now, you're all grown up, you have your own family, and I can't help but think that could have been me. Look at you now, full of smiles and cheer. I can tell you live free of all doubt, but I wonder what if we had worked out. If I hadn't left to pursue this dream, if I hadn't given up every Haunted by a distant memory, a childhood dream. Look at them. All. bright light in their eyes the wonder shall to It seems I've lost my childhood dream If I hadn't left to pursue this dream If I hadn't given up everything If I had say would we have made? van up everything you say haunted by its distance memory a childhood dream.
0: Thanks for listening to Fisher Filbert the Show here's how you can best support us. You can subscribe, comment, and rate the show. You can share this podcast with your social circles and even consider becoming a monthly sponsor of the show. Any of these items that you're able to do will make such a big difference. Thanks again for listening and for your support.